So the idea is now we start recording as much content as possible. Uh, really, whoever controls, whoever puts out the most content is going to control the market, is going to control um, the listeners, is going to control all the, um, really the information that's going out there. Whoever's, whoever's at it first, whoever's at it fastest is the one who's going to get the most attention. So really what we want to do with Wrestling Mindset is make sure that we're pumping out an enormous amount of content quickly. We're pumping it out efficiently and we're getting it to our listeners as quickly as possible. So now we're going to be using this app Anchor to record thoughts and ideas in real time. So as an example, today at the World Championships with Dake winning, with Cox winning, a lot of great, lot of great storylines, right? Burrow's taking third yesterday. Um, Kyle Snyder and Sajulayev coming up tomorrow. There's just a ton of great stories. We want to make sure we cover them as quickly as possible, get out all the information, and coming from a different perspective. So it's not just a recap of the match, but little tidbits of mindset that maybe most people miss. And this is something we're highly focused on. And we've been speaking about these little tidbits on, on mindset for a while with our team, but a lot of the rest of the country is not used to hearing it from this perspective. So we really want to make that available to everyone. All right, team. All right, so let's get it going. First things first, let's get on our feet. Let's go through the mindset principles. Let's hit it. Let's come out of the blocks hard. Go. Number one. I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. Two. Three. And four. All right, good stuff, team. We're ready to go. Ready to tackle another great season. So first things first things first we talk about obviously we know that like how we did last year as a team we know the proud tradition that's all great but that's not something we focus on on a regular basis of course it's something that's in the back of our mind because it's the way we represent ourselves the way we carry ourselves the way we carry ourselves we have to understand it is bigger than us uh, we don't we don't get caught up into trouble not just because of us but also because the team we represent but that being said when we're thinking specifically about competition before our matches and the day of tournaments, uh, we, we're not we're not thinking about we're not thinking about upholding the tradition or standards or winning national titles or even winning a match. And what I mean by that is, if everyone's focusing on themselves, doing the absolute best they can, you give your team the best chances to win. That's how a team wins a national championship. So of course that means always looking for bonus points. Not not doesn't matter what the team scores. We're always looking to score. We're always looking to pin. Also making sure that we understand that no matter what, we're always fighting hard off our back. And of course, um, you know, no matter what it is, we lose in a tournament, we're coming back, you get the next best thing. Always, when, if, you can't, if you can't win the whole thing, you get the next best thing. If the next best thing is seventh, you get seventh. But we're not focusing on those, on those placings. So that's a big thing, just wanted to introduce, make sure we get that right off the bat. Uh, we're not defending anything, even though, you know, being defending national champs, we don't care about that. Right now, there's a brand new... All the, new po- all the podiums are blank right now. Whatever weight class there was, there's no defending 133-pound NCAA champ. That bracket, that, um, that podium is wide open, right? So just keeping, keeping that in mind. The other thing that I like is right now, right now as we speak, Kyle Snyder and Sajulayev are wrestling. And what I like is that we're not watching that. I like that you guys aren't watching it. I like that we're not watching it. Of course, we're all rooting for Snyder. A part of us would all rather be doing that than doing this, but... That this is the type of stuff that improves the mental toughness where we realize we were doing things that our opponent our opponents weren't doing. So it says a lot about our dedication. You guys have a goal, we have a goal. And that's what we're focused on. We're not caught up in the in the what's going on around us. You know, we hope Kyle Snyder does does well, but you know, it's that that's his business. 
All right, so we have our mental toughness worksheets, correct? Yes. All right, good stuff. All right, so let's plow through. First thing, this is one of the most powerful mindset lessons I've ever done. I got it from, the, this is the book that actually made me want to become a sports psychologist. It's called Fight Your Fears and Win by Dr. Don Green. He actually worked at the Juilliard School, which is a performing arts. He was, worked with Olympic divers, and I think he was also a Green Beret, or he worked with Green Berets. He said, one of the things you need to do is prove to yourself on a regular basis that you're the most mentally tough person you know, and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So we want to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So we need to stack evidence in our favor. You're like a lawyer. You're building a case for yourself, right? You're mentally tough. I could tell you you're mentally tough. A coach can tell you you're mentally tough. But do you really believe that? Maybe, maybe not. Of course, we know you are mentally tough. You wouldn't even be sitting in the room if you weren't. But sometimes we question ourselves. Everyone does, right? Even these guys, Snyder and, and, and um, what's his name, uh, Sajulai, from time to time, I'm sure they're questioning themselves. But when they search their memory bank, they think of different mentally tough things that they've done. And, and it's like a lawyer building their case for themselves. They know they're mentally tough because they've done it before. So for 30 days, we're going to have a courage of the day. You're going to keep a calendar. I don't care if you want to use this one or use a different one. But every day you're doing one thing that pushes yourself outside of your comfort zone. Now, here's an important thing that I want to stress about that. I don't want it to be something that's a physical challenge. In the past, I've allowed that. And with you guys, I know I've done that in the past. I've allowed you to take a 10-minute cold shower, do a 1,000 push-ups in an hour. That's because we're going to tackle that in mental toughness week four or week five. But as far as this exercise, we're strictly talking about mental and emotional discomfort. When you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, pushing through it. Right? One of the great analogies we talk about is your comfort zone. You look at a wrestling mat. You have that box in the middle of the mat. Your comfort zone right now might be that little box. If you don't push up against the boundaries of that box five years from now, ten years from now, that box is still going to be your comfort zone. But if you push up against its edges, eventually you break through, and now your comfort zone becomes the circle in the middle of the mat. Who's following me? Say aye. Aye. All right, good. Now, if I still stay within that, if I still operate within that middle of the mat circle and I don't push up against it five years, ten years from now, that, that stays your comfort zone. But I want to keep pushing up against that. So now my comfort zone is the big circle. And then eventually you push against that, it becomes the mat, and then eventually the whole room, and then the whole building, and so on and so forth. So the point is you have to do something on a regular basis that makes yourself uncomfortable. So let's think about what kind of things that might be. What kind of things would make you feel mentally and emotionally uncomfortable? It could be speaking up to an adult. It could be, you know, in a polite and respectful way, of course. It could be uh, making a phone call and, um, you know, someone who, you know, having an awkward conversation. Maybe it's, maybe it's apologizing to someone for something that you did in the past. Maybe it's volunteering to speak in class. Maybe it's asking the pretty girl out on a date that you've been kind of putting off for the last month, right? Whatever it is, pushing yourself out. I see a couple smiles. Maybe that's a few of you guys. All right, but yeah, I say just make sure everyone's awake. But it's true. A lot of times we get mentally and emotionally uncomfortable, so we don't do it. When I was in my doctoral program for psychology, we learned about anxiety. We learned about fear. The number one way to stay trapped in fear, the number one way to keep that anxious feeling is by not approaching the things that we're nervous about. So you have to approach that which makes you nervous. That's very, very important. If you know that, you know half the lesson of, of anxiety. Okay, you have to approach that which makes you nervous. Otherwise, it stays in our head and we make a mountain into a molehill. Um, we make a molehill into a mountain. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it, like Willy Wonka. 
All right, so what's one thing? Who could give me a good example of something you could do, uh, like one thing you could do that would push yourself outside of your comfort zone? And I want there to be 30 of them. So when you look back, there was 30 different toughnesses of the day or, um, you know, mental toughness of the day, courage of the day. Who's got a good example? So like as an example, right now, you might, be, you might not want to speak up because you have your friends around you. What if I say something funny? What if I get laughed at? You might feel a little strange to do that. Maybe you're, maybe you're only a freshman. You're, you're young to the team. Maybe you don't, you know, you're not as close with the guys. What are people thinking? That might be a good courage of the day right there. Someone could start it off right now like that and just jot that down. I spoke up in front of the team. I was the first participant. Go. Wake up earlier. Okay, so let's put that. Let's put a, a like a more disciplined time to that. So what would that be? I mean, don't go, don't go crazy, but like give yourself something that would push you a little bit. So you have about seven a.m. Okay, okay, that's good. I like that because it does make us uncomfortable. There is an element of you know of worry to that. Okay, what else? Speaking up in class. That's a good one. There we go. It could be, and now, and now bear, bear with me on this, it could be challenging, to, challenging someone on your team to a wrestling match. Now, like after practice, you wear singlets, you wear headgear. The reason why I say that is because it feels very different when you're wrestling in a singlet versus when you're wrestling with shorts and a t-shirt. Who knows what I'm talking about? Say aye. Uh, and it feels very different also when everyone in the room is going live versus if me and you take center mat and now people start watching us and coaches start watching us, right? So... What I want you to do is, the point of that is not, of course it's great to get a physical workout, but more importantly, it's about putting yourself in that mentally, um, the, the, the more difficult state. So that's good. So every day you want to do one thing to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, which means you're going to have to keep this in the forefront of your mind. When something uncomfortable, you know, you think of something uncomfortable, you do it. You know, don't even think. And a great lesson that I learned, it's called the three second rule. Whenever you feel nervous, whatever it is that's making you nervous, you jump in there within three seconds. And the point is this, you could be nervous because we're, we're all gonna get those nervous feelings, but you could choose to either be nervous for three hours, three minutes, or three seconds. The choice is yours. So when you're, when you're in that situation, three seconds, boom, you're right in. I actually learned that from a, from a book about the pickup artist where they talk about meeting and attracting girls. They said, if there's someone you're attracted to, you're gonna talk yourself out of it. So within three seconds, you walk right up and say hi. Don't give yourself a chance to keep being nervous. So what does that look like in school? Teacher asks for a volunteer to read. Boom, you shoot your hand up within three seconds, right? Um, you say to yourself, you know, there's um, a situation where maybe you're talking with, maybe you're talking with friends and, and it's, you know, they say something you don't quite agree with and, and well, I don't want to say anything, but maybe it's something that goes against your faith and morals. You speak up. I'm not saying you have to go in a whole crusade and start yelling at the person, but you stand up for yourself. You say, no, I don't, I don't do that. I don't believe in that. Sometimes just saying no to a peer pressure situation, which we're all faced with all the time. It might not be so explicit, whereas smoke this, drink that, or do this, right? But it could just be something simple as someone wants to do something that you know is against your, your morals and your faith, and you just say no. Boom, that's a courage of the day. That was very uncomfortable, maybe. So have that. Maybe sometimes having a difficult conversation with a coach. That happens, too. You have, um, you have a problem with someone on the team. I know sometimes um, uh, practices and live goes get a little bit chippy, uh, get, getting into like arguments, almost like fights with the guy. It's easier to sometimes just walk away and not address it, but sometimes it takes a real man to really, you know, 
hey, you know, hey, Paul, you know, sorry about that. You know, like, you know, I, I want to talk about this. This was bothering me, you know, after the whole thing's over. Right. So um, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Trust me when I say this in, in wrestling, in school and in life, as time goes on, you're going to be forced into more and more uncomfortable situations. And the more you practice putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, you'll be happy. You'll be happy you did. You're going to have some awkward things you're doing in the future. Eventually, before you propose marriage to, to some girl, you're going to probably have to ask her dad for permission. And that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And you're going to be glad you did these kind of things because now you know you are mentally tough. And again, then when you step out on the mat, if you're constantly used to pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, you step on the mat, you're going to be in uncomfortable situations. You know that you, that you, you live for this stuff. You do it. Okay, so now that's, that's good. So now this is something that you're not filling out right now. It's something you're going to start doing on a day-to-day basis. So now the key is you got to make sure you do it. Remember, K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action equals nothing. If you know what to do but don't do what you know, nothing happens, right? So we got to take action. I don't want to be a thought-provoking speaker. I want to be an action-provoking speaker, right? How about this? Three frogs are on a lily pad. For those of you that like math, three frogs are on a lily pad. Okay, one decides to jump off. How many frogs are left on the lily pad? Two. How many people are saying two? How many people are saying one? How many people are saying zero? How many people are saying all three? Right, why is it all three? They didn't do it, they just decided. They just decided to do it. So that's like kind of the pop quiz, but almost everyone always fails pop quizzes, right? So, right, three frogs were on a lily pad. One decided to jump off. Doesn't mean he did. So we could decide to do something, but not do it. So remember that K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action equals nothing, right? And that goes for me too. I hope whenever I'm giving these lessons, I don't ever want it to seem like I'm coming down and you are being harsh because everything that I'm saying to you applies to me also. But this was one of the most powerful mindset lessons I did when I was 20. It actually made me want to get into mindset and sports psychology. Okay, so let's flip the page. Let's go on to week two. Guys, this one, this one honestly might be the most, the most important mindset lesson that we do out of everything. In fact, if I had to choose which mindset lesson I'd want you to really have down, it would probably be this one. So the big thing that the most mentally tough people have in common is they know what they, know what they believe in and they're willing to die for it. Okay, if you look at the Aztecs, the Samurai, the Apache, the U.S. military, um, the, the, the early Christian martyrs, what do they have in common? They know what they believe, they're willing to die for it. Okay, so how does that relate to less wrestling? Well, a lot of times our mindset principle number three, we're afraid of losing or making mistakes. I was in that position too, of course. And especially when you're a team that has a target on your back. Not that we're thinking about having a target on our back. Not that we're thinking about what we're defending. But just, you know, it's, it's kind of in the back of our head. We know people are gunning for us. Um, we can't define ourselves based on our wins and losses, based on our successes and failures. We can't define ourselves based on our titles. Right? Otherwise, what's going to happen is I'm going to be very scared. So a lot of times, like even when I would speak to people, a lot of times my identity was, was based on, does this group like me? Yes or no? Like, do you, got, do you guys think that I'm cool? Am I one of the guys or do I not really, or you, you don't really like what I'm saying? You're laughing at me. I'm kind of weird. All those kind of things, right? When I define myself based on your opinions of me, that's, that's when I have a very shaky sense of self. My mental toughness is very low. Now, of course, you want to be aware of these things, but you can't dwell on it. 
So the key, the key is when you're stepping out on the wrestling mat or in a job interview or in a job in the interview in the future or taking a big test, you know, taking the GREs if you're going to grad school, um, law school, med school, any of those kind of things, right? You have to understand that your identity is safe based on your your faith and your morals, right? So your your faith and morals dictate the person you are, not the reverse. And it maybe sounds a little bit funny that we're talking about that, but really, if you look at it, that's what that's what makes like the military successful. They know what they believe; they're willing to die for it. So when you have that kind of attitude, that's a tough person to wrestle against. And the the worst person to go against in war is the guy who says today's a great day to die. Right? I'm not saying you want to die, but the point is they're not afraid to die out there. And it's the same thing with wrestling. You're going to throw the kitchen sink at your opponents if you're not afraid of losing or making mistakes. And that's what usually makes the best the best, right? So we have to know who we are. We have to know what we believe. And this is the worksheet also. This is exactly why you see Hollywood stars and great athletes depressed, suicidal, uh, substance abuse. I don't take any of that stuff lightly as a school psychologist, former school psychologist. That's a very big deal to me. My job with you guys is I want you to be highly successful and also happy and fulfilled with your life. I don't want you to just be successful, just be national champs and then not apply these lessons to life. So first thing is we need to know who we are. What do we believe? What's our faith? What's our morals? Right? I would write that down on the back of this page. Who are, who are you? What do you believe? And then you want to do something on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, that's going to reaffirm those beliefs. Right? So if you know what you believe, making sure you do that on a regular basis. Make sure you say that. So that's part of the reason why we do the mindset principles. You know, I get it. It might seem a little bit weird or corny at first. Everyone stands up and does this. But that's reaffirming your beliefs of how your mindset is on the wrestling mat. Right? That's, a, that's an example of reaffirming your beliefs. Now, and then what about, and then I think about like with, with, our, with our faith. Right? With me as a Catholic, church every week, you say the creed. So you, you do the creed every time. You look at people in martial arts dojos, they have their honor code. They go through that every time before their before they're, um, they're training. Right? So, th- so the thing is, we need to know who we are and what we believe. And whether or not we win, we're still, we're still the same person. And that actually makes you much more likely to win because now we're not de- depending, we're not de- you know, basing our whole self-image on how I do out there. If all I care about is if, if I have to be successful, if I lose, I'm in big trouble mentally. And you know that unconsciously, so you put more pressure on yourself. So never, never define yourself based on winning, how many likes you have on Instagram or friends on Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. This is who you are. Your faith and your morals, that's who you are. And that's safe and secure regardless of how you do in wrestling or school or life. And that's going to make you more likely to win, of course. So any, any questions on that part of it, on, on parts one and two? Knowing, knowing your beliefs, who you are, faith and morals. And then two is the action you're going to take on a daily basis because we need reminders. We need reminders. And it's good to sometimes make those reminders vocal. So speak them out loud. Sometimes our, sometimes our mouth needs to teach our heart. And I actually got that from um, my spiritual director who told me that, that like sometimes when, you know, when praying and stuff, sometimes it's better to say it out loud because then even if you don't feel it on the inside, your mouth teaches your heart. And how's that any different than Muhammad Ali when he said over and over, I am the greatest, I'm the greatest. That was, he said that before he was ever the heavyweight champion of the world. How's that different than Joe Warren, who is an MMA champ and also Greco-Roman world champion who over and over tells himself, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I'm the baddest man on the planet. He says it over and over and he starts to believe it. 
So the spoken word is a powerful thing. I think that's also in Think and Grow Rich, one of the classic um, books on wealth and, and, um, and that. So have that down. So now exercise three here is listing our boundaries for behavior. So again, as we get older and older in different situations, we're going to find ourselves in situations that we're going to have to put our foot down. We got to know where we draw the line. As far as partying, drinking, tobacco, even dating and friendships, staying up late, what is the cutoff? And you can't wait to get into that situation before you establish the cutoff because then the pressure is too high. If you wait until you're with that really pretty girl, you know, you're, it's going to be tough to say no. It's going to be tough to put your foot down if you didn't establish ahead of time, this is where I draw the line. It's going to be difficult if you're out with your friends, you're having a good time. I know what it's like. And if you don't say, no, no, I get to bed by midnight it's going to be hard to pull the plug on that good conversation you guys are having at 11.55. It's like, no, 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 I got to get to bed. I got to make sure at 11.30 I'm turning down or, or whatever it is, right? So our boundaries of behavior is very important. I've seen so many talented wrestlers and so many talented athletes, and we work with the Olympic team. We work with you know some of the top individuals and teams in the country. You guys know you're among them, and a lot of people get messed up because of this one, because of this worksheet right here and not knowing where they draw the line, you know? So I, I get it like this. It seems like right now we're doing, we're going to get to the more wrestling specific stuff as, as we go on, but this is, this is life and this is the one that's going to, that'll slow us down. And when you, and when you're eventually fathers and you're, you know, you're raising children and stuff, you're going to want to make sure that they have that one down. So now if you look at the next part of it, the distractions and barriers, what are some distractions and barriers to you living your faith and morals? What are some distractions and barriers to, um, you know, dealing with the girl situation, the partying situation, drinking, smoking, tobacco? What are some of the distractions and barriers and what can you do to improve that? So just take some notes on that. <clears throat> and be honest with yourself. The more honest with yourself you are, the better chance you, the better chance you have of, of you know, making this exercise fruitful. So really, what are, what are your biggest barriers in these situations? If it's wanting to look good in front of friends, that's most of us. Put it down. Write it down. And say, I'm going to work on not caring what my friends think of me. If you have a really good friend that tends to maybe some, some of the people you hang out with do bad things, sometimes it's like getting distancing yourself from that group. You know, Certain locations, a lot of times we can't even be in, I can't even be in certain locations because I know I'll get into trouble. You got to know your hot buttons. And that's something, that's something that's a, that's a really important thing. I remember back when I was, back when I was at Rutgers. So I was at Rutgers for three years before I transferred to the University of Pennsylvania. And it was very different then. Rutgers wasn't as good as they were now. Um, and Penn was ranked 15th in the country. Um, not that we care about rankings, just letting you know, we were very good. We had an NCAA, a two-time NCAA champ, an All-American, you know, an All-American, and just about everyone was ranked in the country. So it was a very good team. And also, obviously, an Ivy League school. And if you ask me what was the difference at that time between Rutgers and Penn, it was that the Penn guys did a better job of being honest with themselves with the areas that they needed to work on. Like, they would know. that It wasn't a talent thing. It's not like the Penn guys were smarter than the Rutgers guys. They weren't. It's not that they were much better athletes. I don't think that's true either. I really don't. Even though, you know, like if you looked at just the rankings, it's like we were far higher in wrestling in school. I think they were just as talented. They were just better at being honest with themselves. That's the key. Be honest with yourself and know what you got to work on there. All right, so let's flip that page. And then this is kind of, I would say, mental toughness week three is the culmination of, the, of, these whole, of, of this right now. And that's having an accountability buddy. 
So it's on the top of the page, but who's our biggest opponent? You know that already. Your biggest opponent is yourself, right? Anyone, probably no one would disagree with that. We've helped ourselves a lot. We've also hurt ourselves a lot. Also, we know that are we doing anything that's holding us back? And the answer to that is yes. Even if you're, even if you're Kyle Snyder or Sajulayev, we all do things that hold us back sometimes. We're sometimes our best friend. We're also our worst enemy sometimes. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to pick an accountability buddy on your team. We're most likely to lie to ourselves, right? But if we have to check in with someone on a regular basis, we're more inclined to, we're more inclined to um, follow through, right? Because someone else is holding us accountable. That's why people have personal trainers. That's why people have nutritionists. That's why, that's why the top students, they have tutors. That's why I'm the best business people. I'm constantly on, on, on Instagram following you know, some of the richest people, most successful business owners in the world. They all have mentors. They all have accountability buddies. So you got to pick someone on the team that's going to be your accountability buddy. So that's, that's the key. Start off with that. Do you guys have an accountability buddy on the team? Is there someone next to you or a friend that you could, that you could partner up with? So who, who would that be? Take a, take a minute or so. Go ahead. Who's your, who's your accountability buddy? Let's decide that now. Let's finalize it. We'll give it, we'll give it about a minute. And then what I want you to do is pick a regular time. You're going to check in with each other. So maybe you say Mondays at three o'clock from three o'clock to three Oh five. You're going to check in with your accountability buddy. You put it on your, or whatever. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe practice time, but like, you know, 12, 12 noon, I'm going to check in with my accountability buddy and then plug it into your, and then plug it into your phone now, not later, now. Well, it actually doesn't have to be right now because we're going through the lesson, but <laughs> let's make sure we get that down on this paper. And then as soon as we finish this workshop, let's put down the time we're going to be working with our accountability buddy. A big part of mental toughness here. I promise you, if you actually follow through on this worksheet, you know, by the end of the season, you are going to be much improved in a lot of different areas. So you need an accountability buddy and you need a regular time to meet with them. Now let's get our, let's get our pens ready because I'm going to want you to circle some of these areas. So now we're going to do it. Now we're going to do an examination of ourselves, kind of a conscience examination for wrestling, for school and for life. And what I want you to do is as I go through these different areas, I want you to circle the areas you're having trouble with or areas that you got to improve on. And um, so, yeah, examine. That's the, um, the examine for sports, school, and life, the Spanish word for examination. So be honest with yourself and circle it. And then what I want you to do is from each area, sports, school, and life, I want you to um, pick the three that are most important that you need to work on the most. And then we're going to set and then we're going to set a plan and a resolution on the next page. So for wrestling, how is my effort, attitude, and aggressiveness? Can we improve in any of those areas? Do I have great body language when I compete? Great body language. Re remember, even and this is even the best in the world. The reason why Jordan Burroughs lost in the semis, the reason why Jordan Burroughs lost in the world championships in the semis, if you set the clock back, to, you look at eight minutes, his stance was very high. And he said this after the match. That's why he's successful because he honestly evaluated himself after and so he messed up. Eight and a half seconds left, he was standing almost straight up. So that's, 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 an, that's an effort, an attitude thing. No problem, write it down. And, and body language. Do I like my sport? Do you even like wrestling? Do I practice the way I want to compete? Am I working on techniques and areas I struggle with? Am I coachable and open to criticism and critique? How can I eat healthier? How can I get eight hours of sleep? How can I be more consistent with my practicing, lifting, and cardio? Do I, 
Do I complete my mindset workshops? Are you doing the mindset right now as we go through? Are we just doodling on our page? Do I take time to improve my flexibility and stretching? A lot of wrestlers don't. A lot of wrestlers don't. Do I work on my plyometrics and explosive power training? You know, you look at Jordan Burroughs. Everyone says he's like just an athletic freak. He spends a lot of time doing plyometrics. So now you have the genetics and he's doing plyometrics. And a lot of us, we're not even working on plyometrics. So how do you plan on beating someone who's naturally very gifted and also they're doing plyometrics? Okay. Do I take enough chances? Do I ask my coaches technique questions? And is there anything else? So right now, circle those areas. You might be, I would have been if sitting in your shoes. I'd be circling an awful lot of these. And then... You right, you know, you circle them and then, you know, kind of maybe double circle the biggest ones that we're going to work on and then we'll add that to the end of this. Okay, so for the examination for school, how is my effort, attitude and aggressiveness? Are there any subjects that I struggle with? I could use extra help, a tutor or go to the writing center. Locate your writing center, go there. Can I study longer, better quality? Can I spend more time on homework? Do I attend all my classes? Do you sit up front in the classes? What are some concrete steps you could take towards grad school in your career? Do you need to get an internship? Do I understand the importance of learning? Am I a class clown or can I take more class more serious or talk with my friends less? Do I ask questions in class? Do I go in for extra help or my teacher's office hours? Do I know how to study the best? Am I taking good notes during class? Do I go out of my way to show the teacher that I care? You have to show the teacher that you care. I remember at Rutgers, the head coach, Coach Goodale, he tells the wrestlers, you ask a question even if you know the answer to it, just so the teacher knows who you are. Um, do I use my phone during class, going on social media? And is there anything else? So circle those areas because the more you have school under control, again, it's going to set you up for a nice career in life and also it's going to take weight off your plate to wrestle. Right? If you're constantly focusing on you know, academic probation or failing out of a class, it's going to put stress on your wrestling. I've seen a lot of really good wrestlers mess up because their school wasn't under control. So make sure you have that down. And then finally, our examination for life. And again, and some might seem a little bit funny, but it's important. If, if the more you're controlling these factors within your control, you're going to be a better, well-rounded person. You're going to be happy and you're going to be more successful. How is my effort, attitude, and aggressiveness in life? Are there any habits you want to break? Smoking, drinking, dipping, tobacco, partying in a negative way. Are you in a bad relationship? Do you need to pull the trigger and break up with your girlfriend? Um, do you waste too much time with video games, social media, or TV? And again, it's not saying you can never go on it, but we know there's a line where now we're wasting time. Are you living your faith and morals? In what areas are you selfish, lazy, jealous, lustful, prideful, or judgmental? Do you use bad language or tell dirty jokes all the time? How do I treat other people? Am I reckless? Am I disorganized? Do I take stock in my appearance but not go overboard? Do I feed my mind with negative and immoral music, movies, pornography, images, websites, or social media? And it seems like, you know, a lot of times people don't talk about this, but it's very important. Things that are wasting our time and things that are killing your soul. You don't need that stuff, right? Is this the way you'd want your kid to be living? Think about it like that. And we've all done things we're not proud of. Of course, me too. I'd be circling almost everything on this list. So just take that serious. And remember, like a lot of times in our, our day and age, people are like, well, do whatever makes you feel good, 
right? That's, that's not what separate, what separates us from animals is that we can override our feelings and we could let our rational brain, that prefrontal cortex that's responsible for rational decisions, we can override the system. So don't, don't hide behind, I could do whatever I want because that's not the mindset of a free person. That's the, that's the life of an addict. If we can't control our emotions or our, or our decisions, all right? Do I surround myself with a bad crowd? Do I always need to be right? Do I frequently go to negative or immoral environments? Am I wasteful? Am I consumed with myself? Do I procrastinate? Do I take myself too seriously or do I not take myself seriously enough? Am I perfectionistic? Do I complain? Do I hold grudges? Do I take care of the environment? Do I cheat or steal? Do I lie frequently to make myself look good? Do I gossip? Do I manipulate others to get what I want? Do I get too defensive? Do I pray? Do I attend my house of worship? Do I forgive others? Am I addicted to anything? Is there anything I should see a therapist for? Take that serious. If you're really struggling, get help. That's a sign of great courage. You add that to your courage of the day and you get help. You know, in what ways do I waste money? And is there anything else? So the more balanced you are, the more you have all these things in control, you're going to be a better wrestler. You're going to be a better student, right? And remember, don't get caught up in society where it's like, again, do whatever you want. Some things are right and some things are wrong. Not unacceptable, not inappropriate. Some things are wrong, and you know it. So don't get sucked into this relativistic society that we have. Um, if, we can, if we're the team that controls this, we're the team that wins a national championship. I don't like to focus on the winning and losing, but we're the team that's going to win if we're controlling these different areas. Teams like Penn State, teams like Ohio State, they're very, very strong on these kind of areas. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they put themselves in a position to be successful. So now when you flip the page, this is your accountability buddy sheet. You're going to keep a copy of this and then snap a picture and put this on your phone for your accountability, for um, the accountability buddy to look at. So in sports, school, and life, what are the three areas in sport, three areas in school, three areas in life, and then what are some good resolutions that you could come up with? And be honest with yourselves, you know? So again, the more honest we are, the more fruitful this is going to be. And it's, it's a really an unbelievably solid opportunity to take control of some bad habits and things that we've been struggling with, things we've been battling. <clears throat> so after you finish writing down the improvements and the good resolutions that you have, snap a picture and give it to your accountability buddy. Now here's the thing, is the accountability buddy... Your, your friend is giving you a lot, of, a lot of power here. He's opening himself up. He's being honest with himself. Like, you don't betray that trust. That's serious business, right? When your accountability buddy is revealing something to you, you hold, you hold that sacred. That's, that's an important thing. They're trusting you. So that means you also got to be sensitive. Be sensitive to your, to your accountability buddy. Even when you're checking in, recognizing that there's some areas we're going to drop the ball. And in fact, if you're not dropping the ball on your resolutions on a weekly basis... I'd say you're, you're probably not setting the right resolutions. I would honestly say that if our resolutions aren't getting, if we're not missing the mark sometimes, we're probably not being honest with ourselves. So take this serious, and I'm telling you, you guys will be, you will be the team that's going to get a lot more out of yourselves. All right. So those are, those are the ones that are a little bit more like all life encompassing, which is much more important than the wrestling specific. But now we're going to dive more into the wrestling specific as we go on to week four. So one of the top things we hear from college, from college wrestlers 
We've heard this. We've heard this even from the University of Michigan, where they said their biggest, and this was several years ago. Ever they were, I think they had all got everyone on their team, or half their team was all Americans. Five of the guys on their team were all Americans, and they said the biggest problem with the team was that they were afraid of of getting tired in matches. And it's not just them, right? I'm just making a point that a, a really high level team was thinking about it. This is this is true with the Olympians we work with. This is true with some of the UFC fighters we work with. I spoke to my brothers about this topic. We were all ranked top 20 in the country, Division One wrestlers. They were, you know, they struggled with it too, thinking about before matches, what if I get tired out there? So we need to address that directly. So the step one is getting extra workouts in. The team gives you a workout plan, you need to be able to get an extra workout in. And now the key here is not just doing the extra workout, but doing it with the intention to overcome this exact struggle. So before your matches, when it starts to creep into your mind, uh, what if I get tired out there? You're going to remember this, that you did these extra workouts. Maybe it's just run, maybe it's something so simple as running five, push, five um, sprints after practice. Maybe it's whatever it is, just just have something that you're doing. Pull-ups, you're going to do 20 pull-ups before and after every practice. Um, you're, going to wrestle, you're going to wrestle another live go. You're going to do another two minutes live on top of what everyone else is doing. So it's got to be something that you're doing that's giving you that mental edge. So of course it's going to get you in better shape, but it's also going to give you that mental edge. Um, in fact, one of the things that I remember for this that I would do for myself, my coach always encouraged me, after my match, after your match, first of all, get some sprints in, right? You're, you're dead tired. Get a couple sprints in. That's great for an extra workout. And then for the next three matches, get the jump rope. Clack, 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 clack. And what that does is, number one, it gives you the mental edge. You like that, right? I always laugh and the coach is saying, clack, clack, clack. But yeah, it's, it's going to get you a good workout. And it's also good. And also psychological warfare, your opponent, whether you won or lost the match, they see you jumping rope. That's an intimidating thing. I don't want you to think about your opponent, but it's true. It's going to be very much in their mind. They're seeing you hitting the rope after practice, after the match. It's important because remember this, in practice, you normally go for an hour and a half, two hours. Match day, if it's a dual meet, you're only wrestling seven or eight minutes, right? So you got to get another workout. And so get those sprints in, get a couple sprints in. That's your conditioning. That's your cardio. And then put your sweats on and then hit the next three matches. You're hitting the jump rope. Very important. That's a good example of an extra workout. What John Smith used to do, you don't have to do this, but you know, he used to set the alarm clock for 2 a.m. some days because he knew that's the time that the Russians were practicing. So in his mind, it gave him the mental edge. When the Ru and then he would go over to, um, what is it, Stabler? Whatever Oklahoma's no Gallagher Gallagher the where Oklahoma State wrestles, he would go he would go over there he'd run bleachers at two a.m. so he knew when the Russians are are sleeping he's training when the Russians are training he's training so little things you do like that to give yourself a mental edge, right? Um, I heard about I heard about the Brands brothers they would sometimes run on a um they they would run on on the on the curb when they're running on the sidewalk they'd run on the curb like for 5 miles just because to prove to themselves there's never a perfect situation so we play these mind games with ourselves so what are the extra workouts you could put in next you need to have a focal point in the moments of fatigue so we know Nick Suriano and how harsh he is. We worked with Bergen Catholic for several years. They've been the number two team, high school team in the country for a while now. That I guess behind Blair, they beat Blair last year even. And um, with them, that's something. One of the things we we talked about with Suriano, and he, we did an interview with him last week. That's going to be up on our Wrestling Mindset podcast soon. 
but he talked about what, what do you think about in those moments where you're real tired? Because Suriano is known for having a great gas tank and being a workhorse, right? What do you tell yourself in those moments of fatigue? You have to know. So like for me, one of the things I used to think about, if you guys saw Rocky Four, where his, his manager was saying to him, no pain, no pain. And I realized that was kind of my focal point in those moments of fatigue. I would tell myself no pain. And I would have the image in my head of, of Rocky Four, him training in Russia. So that works for me. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You got to do what works for you. So what's your focal point in the moment of fatigue? You got to know it. And then when you're in practice, when you're dead tired, you think about that focal point. Like when, when, when a woman gives birth, they tell her to, you know, focus in on an object and then taking deep breaths, right? That's their focal point. Well, that's an extreme situation, right? Thankfully, none of us are going to give birth. So you need to know what you're going to tell yourself in those other moments of fatigue. So put that down. And then start doing it in practice. Remember, like practice makes perfect. We all know that. If you don't, if you're not doing, if you're not thinking of your focal point in practice, there's almost no way you're going to remember to do it in a match, which is very important. If you guys saw um, Ohio State's coach Tom Ryan's Mental Monday, saw him at the Wrestling Mindset shirt on yesterday, and he said, you know, you don't treat matches and practices different. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. That's more of a relaxing under pressure lesson, but you want to treat matches and practice the same. So there's no big or small matches. There's no big or small tournaments. Everything is the same. The surgeon who operated on President Clinton years ago, they asked him, how, did you, how were you able to focus knowing you were going to operate on the president? And he said, I just treated him like any other patient. He didn't make it. All right, team. All right, so let's get it going. First things first, let's get on our feet. Let's go through the mindset principles. Let's hit it. Let's come out of the blocks hard. Go. Number one. I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. Two. You're Three. And four. All right, good stuff, team. We're ready to go. Ready to tackle another great season. So first things first, things first we talk about, obviously, we know that like how we did last year as a team, we know the proud tradition. That's all great, but that's not something we focus on on a regular basis. Of course, it's something that's in the back of our mind because it's the way we represent ourselves, the way we carry, ourse- the way we carry ourselves. We have to understand it is bigger than us. Uh, we, don't, we don't get caught up into trouble, not just because of us, but also because the team we represent. But that being said, when we're thinking specifically about competition before our matches and the day of tournaments, uh, we, we're, not, we're, not thinking about, we're not thinking about upholding the tradition or standards or winning national titles or even winning a match. And what I mean by that is if everyone's focusing on themselves, doing the absolute best they can, you give your team the best chances to win. That's how a team wins a national championship. So, of course, that means always looking for bonus points. Not, not doesn't matter what the team scores. We're always looking to score. We're always looking to pin. Also, making sure that we understand that no matter what, we're always fighting hard off our back. And of course, um, you know, no matter what it is, we lose in a tournament. We're coming back. You get the next best thing. Always, when if you can't if you can't win the whole thing, you get the next best thing. If the next best thing is seventh, you get seventh. But we're not focusing on those on those placings. So that's a big thing. Just wanted to introduce. Make sure we get that right off the bat. Uh, we're not defending anything, even though, you know, being defending national champs, we don't care about that. Right now, there's a brand new, all the new, po- all the podiums are blank right now. Whatever weight class there was, there's no defending 133-pound NCAA champ. That bracket, that, um, that podium is wide open, right? So just keeping, keeping that in mind. The other thing that I like is right now, right now as we speak, Kyle Snyder and Sajulayev are wrestling. And what I like is that we're not watching that. 
I like that you guys aren't watching it. I like that we're not watching it. Of course, we're all rooting for Snyder. A part of us would all rather be doing that than doing this. But that this is the type of stuff that improves the mental toughness where we realize we were doing things that our, opponent, our opponents weren't doing. So it says a lot about our dedication. You guys have a goal. We have a goal. And that's what we're focused on. We're not caught up in, the, in the what's going on around us. You know, we hope Kyle Snyder does, does well, but, you know, it's, that, that's his business. All right, so we have our mental toughness worksheets, correct? Yes. All right, good stuff. All right, so let's plow through. First thing, this is one of the most powerful mindset lessons I've ever done. I got it from, the, this is the book that actually made me want to become a sports psychologist. It's called Fight Your Fears and Win by Dr. Don Green. He actually worked at the Juilliard School, which is a performing arts. He was worked with Olympic divers, and I think he was also a Green Beret, or he worked with Green Berets. He said, one of the things you need to do is prove to yourself on a regular basis that you're the most mentally tough person you know, and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So we want to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So we need to stack evidence in our favor. You're like a lawyer. You're building a case for yourself, right? You're mentally tough. I could tell you you're mentally tough. A coach can tell you you're mentally tough. But do you really believe that? Maybe, maybe not. Of course, we know you are mentally tough. You wouldn't even be sitting in the room if you weren't. But sometimes we question ourselves. Everyone does, right? Even these guys, Snyder and, and, and um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Sad Alive, from time to time, I'm sure they're questioning themselves. But when they search their memory bank, they think of different mentally tough things that they've done. And, and it's like a lawyer building their case for themselves. They know they're mentally tough because they've done it before. So for 30 days, we're going to have a courage of the day. You're going to keep a calendar. I don't care if you want to use this one or use a different one. But every day you're doing one thing that pushes yourself outside of your comfort zone. Now, here's an important thing that I want to stress about that. I don't want it to be something that's a physical challenge. In the past, I've allowed that. And with you guys, I know I've done that in the past. I've allowed you to take a 10-minute cold shower, do 1,000 push-ups in an hour. That's because we're going to tackle that in mental toughness week four or week five. But as far as this exercise, we're strictly talking about mental and emotional discomfort. When you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, pushing through it, right? One of the great analogies we talk about is your comfort zone. You look at a wrestling mat. You have that box in the middle of the mat. Your comfort zone right now might be that little box. If you don't push up against the boundaries of that box five years from now, 10 years from now, that box is still going to be your comfort zone. But if you push up against its edges, eventually you break through and now your comfort zone becomes the circle in the middle of the mat. Who's following me? Say aye. Aye. All right, good. Now, if I still stay within that, if I still operate within that middle of the mat circle and I don't push up against it five years, 10 years from now, that, that stays your comfort zone. But I want to keep pushing up against that. So now my comfort zone is the big circle. And then eventually you push against that, it becomes the mat, and then eventually the whole room, and then the whole building, and so on and so forth. So the point is, you have to do something on a regular basis that makes yourself uncomfortable. So let's think about what kind of things that might be. What kind of things would make you feel mentally and emotionally uncomfortable? It could be speaking up to an adult. It could be, you know, in a polite and respectful way, of course. It could be uh, making a phone call and, um, you know, someone who, you know, having an awkward conversation. Maybe it's, maybe it's apologizing to someone for something that you did in the past. Maybe it's volunteering to speak in class. Maybe it's asking the pretty girl out on a date that you've been kind of putting off for the last month, right? Whatever it is, pushing yourself out. I see a couple smiles. Maybe that's a few of you guys. All right, but yeah, I say just to make sure everyone's awake. But it's true. A lot of times we get mentally and emotionally uncomfortable, so we don't do it. 
When I was in my doctoral program for psychology, we learned about anxiety, we learned about fear. The number one way to stay trapped in fear, the number one way to keep that anxious feeling is by not approaching the things that we're nervous about. So you have to approach that which makes you nervous. That's very, very important. If you know that, you know half the lesson of, of anxiety. Okay, you have to approach that which makes you nervous. Otherwise, it stays in our head and we make a mountain into a molehill. Um, we make a molehill into a mountain. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it, like Willy Wonka. All right, so what's one thing? Who could give me a good example of something you could do, uh, like one thing you could do that would push yourself outside of your comfort zone? And I want there to be 30 of them. So when you look back, there was 30 different toughnesses of the day or um, you know, mental toughness of the day, courage of the day. Who's got a good example? So like as an example, right now, you might, be, you might not want to speak up because you have your friends around you. What if I say something funny? What if I get laughed at? You might feel a little strange to do that. Maybe you're, maybe you're only a freshman. You're, you're young to the team. Maybe you don't, you know, you're not as close with the guys. What are people thinking? That might be a good courage of the day right there. Someone could start it off right now like that and just jot that down. I spoke up in front of the team. I was the first participant. Go. Wake up earlier. Okay, so let's put that, let's put a, uh, like a more disciplined time to that. So what would that be? I mean, don't go, don't go crazy, but like give yourself something that would push you a little bit. So you have about 7 a.m. Okay, okay. That's good. I like that because it does make us uncomfortable. There is an element of, you know, of worry to that. Okay, what else? Speaking up in class. That's a good one. There we go. It could be, and now, and now bear, bear with me on this, it could be challenging, to, challenging someone on your team to a wrestling match. Now, like after practice, you wear singlets, you wear a headgear. The reason why I say that is because it feels very different when you're wrestling in a singlet versus when you're wrestling with shorts and a t-shirt. Who knows what I'm talking about? Say aye. Uh, and it feels very different also when everyone in the room is going live versus if me and you take center mat and now people start watching us and coaches start watching us, right? So what I want you to do is the point of that is not, of course, it's great to get a physical workout, but more importantly, it's about putting yourself in that mentally, um, the, the, the more difficult state. So that's good. So every day you want to do one thing to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, which means you're going to have to keep this in the forefront of your mind when something uncomfortable you know, you think of something uncomfortable, you do it. You know, don't even think. And a great lesson that I learned, it's called the three-second rule. Whenever you feel nervous, whatever it is that's making you nervous, you jump in there within three seconds. And the point is this. You could be nervous because we're, we're all going to get those nervous feelings, but you could choose to either be nervous for three hours, three minutes, or three seconds. The choice is yours. So when you're, when you're in that situation, three seconds, boom, you're right in. I actually learned that from a, from a book about the pickup artist where they talk about meeting and attracting girls. They say if there's someone you're attracted to, you're going to talk yourself out of it. So within three seconds, you walk right up and say hi. Don't give yourself a chance to keep being nervous. So what does that look like in school? Teacher asks for a volunteer to read. Boom, you shoot your hand up within three seconds, right? Um, you say to yourself, you know, there's um, a situation where... Uh, maybe you're talking with maybe you're talking with friends and and it's you know they say something you don't quite agree with and and well I don't want to say anything but maybe it's something that goes against your faith and morals you speak up I'm not saying you have to go into a whole crusade and start yelling at the person but you stand up for yourself you say no I don't, I don't do that I don't believe in that 
Sometimes just saying no to a peer pressure situation, which we're all faced with all the time. It might not be so explicit, whereas smoke this, drink that, or do this, right? But it could just be something simple as someone wants to do something that you know is against your, your morals and your faith, and you just say no. Boom, that's the courage of the day. That was very uncomfortable, maybe. So have that. Maybe sometimes having a difficult conversation with a coach. That happens too. You have, um, you have a problem with someone on the team. I know sometimes um, uh, practices and live goes get a little bit chippy, uh, get, getting into like arguments, almost like fights with the guy. It's easier to sometimes just walk away and not address it. But sometimes it takes a real man to really, you know, hey, you know, hey, Paul, you know, sorry about that. You know, like, you know, I, I want to talk about this. This was bothering me, you know, after the whole thing's over. Right. So um, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Trust me when I say this in, in wrestling, in school and in life, as time goes on, you're going to be forced into more and more uncomfortable situations. And the more you practice putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, you'll be happy. You'll be happy you did. You're going to have some awkward things you're doing in the future. Eventually, before you propose marriage to, to some girl, you're going to probably have to ask her dad for permission, and that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, and you're going to be glad you did these kind of things because now you know you are mentally tough. And again, then when you step out on the mat, if you're constantly used to pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, you step on the mat, you're going to be in uncomfortable situations. You know that you, that you, you live for this stuff. You do it. Okay, so now that's, that's good. So now this is something that you're not filling out right now. It's something you're going to start doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So now the key is you got to make sure you do it. Remember, K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action equals nothing. If you know what to do but don't do what you know, nothing happens, right? So we got to take action. I don't want to be a thought-provoking speaker. I want to be an action-provoking speaker, right? How about this? Three frogs are on a lily pad. For those of you that like math, three frogs are on a lily pad. Okay, one decides to jump off. How many frogs are left on the lily pad? Two. How many people are saying two? How many people are saying one? How many people are saying zero? How many people are saying all three? Right, why is it all three? They didn't do it, they just, deci they just decided to do it. So that's like kind of the pop quiz, but almost everyone always fails pop quizzes, right? So, right, three frogs were on a lily pad. One decided to jump off. Doesn't mean he did. So we could decide to do something but not do it. So remember that K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action equals nothing, right? And that goes for me too. I hope whenever I'm giving these lessons, I don't ever want it to seem like I'm coming down and you are being harsh because everything that I'm saying to you applies to me also. But this was one of the most powerful mindset lessons I did when I was 20. It actually made me want to get into mindset and sports psychology. Okay, so let's flip the page. Let's go on to week two. Guys, this one, this one honestly might be the most, the most important mindset lesson that we do out of everything. In fact, if I had to choose which mindset lesson I'd want you to really have down, it would probably be this one. So the big thing that the most mentally tough people have in common is they know what, they know what they believe in and they're willing to die for it. Okay, if you look at the Aztecs, the Samurai, the Apache, the U.S. military, um, the, the, the early Christian martyrs, what do they have in common? They know what they believe, they're willing to die for it. Okay, so how does that relate to less wrestling? Well, a lot of times our mindset principle number three, we're afraid of losing or making mistakes. I was in that position too, of course. And especially when you're a team that has a target on your back. Not that we're thinking about having a target on our back. Not that we're thinking about what we're defending. But just, you know, it's, it's kind of in the back of our head. We know people are gunning for us. Um, 
We can't define ourselves based on our wins and losses, based on our successes and failures. We can't define ourselves based on our titles, all right? Otherwise, what's going to happen is I'm going to be very scared. So a lot of times, like even when I would speak to people, a lot of times my identity was, was based on, does this group like me? Yes or no? Like, do you, got, do you guys think that I'm cool? Am I one of the guys or do I not really, or you, you don't really like what I'm saying? You're laughing at me. I'm kind of weird. All those kind of things, right? When I define myself based on your opinions of me, that's, that's when I have a very shaky sense of self. My mental toughness is very low. Now, of course, you want to be aware of these things, but you can't dwell on it. So the, the key is when you're stepping out on the wrestling mat or in a job interview or in a job in the interview in the future or taking a big test, you know, taking the GREs if you're going to grad school, um, law school, med school, any of those kind of things, right? You have to understand that your identity is safe based on your, your faith and your morals, right? So your, your faith and morals dictate the person you are, not the reverse, and it maybe sounds a little bit funny that we're talking about that, but really, if you look at it, that's what, that's what makes like the military successful. They know what they believe. They're willing to die for it. So when you have that kind of attitude, that's a tough person to wrestle against. And the, the worst person to go against in war is the guy who says, today's a great day to die, right? I'm not saying you want to die, but the point is they're not afraid to die out there. And it's the same thing with wrestling. You're going to throw the kitchen sink at your opponents if you're not afraid of losing or making mistakes. And that's what usually makes the best the best, right? So we have to know who we are. We have to know what we believe. And this is the worksheet also. This is exactly why you see Hollywood stars and great athletes depressed, suicidal, uh, substance abuse. I don't take any of that stuff lightly as a school psychologist, former school psychologist. That's a very big deal to me. My job with you guys is I want you to be highly successful and also happy and fulfilled with your life. I don't want you to just be successful, just be national champs and then not apply these lessons to life. So first thing is we need to know who we are. What do we believe? What's our faith? What's our morals? Right? I would write that down on the back of this page. Who are, who are you? What do you believe? And then you want to do something on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, that's going to reaffirm those beliefs. Right? So if you know what you believe, making sure you do that on a regular basis. Make sure you say that. So that's part of the reason why we do the mindset principles. You know, I get it. It might seem a little bit weird or corny at first. Everyone stands up and does this. But that's reaffirming your beliefs of how your mindset is on the wrestling mat. Right? That's, a, that's an example of reaffirming your beliefs. Now, and then what about, and then I think about like with, with, our, with our faith. Right? With me, as a Catholic, church every week, you say the creed. So you, you do the creed every time. You look at people in martial arts dojos, they have their honor code. They go through that every time before their, before their, um, their training. Right? So, th so the thing is, we need to know who we are and what we believe. And whether or not we win, we're still, we're still the same person. And that actually makes you much more likely to win because now we're not de depending, we're not de you know, basing our whole self-image on how I do out there. If all I care about is if, if I have to be successful, if I lose, I'm in big trouble mentally. And you know that unconsciously, so you put more pressure on yourself. So never, never define yourself based on winning, how many likes you have on Instagram or friends on Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. This is who you are. Your faith and your morals, that's who you are. And that's safe and secure regardless of how you do in wrestling or school or life. And that's going to make you more likely to win, of course. So any, any questions on that part of it, on, on 
parts one and two, knowing, knowing your beliefs, who you are, faith and morals, and then two is the action you're going to take on a daily basis because we need reminders. We need reminders, and it's good to sometimes make those reminders vocal, so speak them out loud. Sometimes our, sometimes our mouth needs to teach our heart. And I actually got that from um, my spiritual director who told me that, that like sometimes when, you know, when praying and stuff, sometimes it's better to say it out loud because then even if you don't feel it on the inside, your mouth teaches your heart. And how's that any different than Muhammad Ali when he said over and over, I am the greatest, I am the greatest. That was, he said that before he was ever the heavyweight champion of the world. How's that different than Joe Warren, who is an MMA champ and also Greco-Roman world champion, who over and over tells himself, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I'm the baddest man on the planet. He says it over and over and he starts to believe it. So the spoken word is a powerful thing. I think that's also in Think and Grow Rich, one of the classic um, books on wealth and, and, um, and that. So have that down. So now exercise three here is listing our boundaries for behavior. So again... As we get older and older in different situations, we're going to find ourselves in situations that we're going to have to put our foot down. We got to know where we draw the line as far as partying, drinking, tobacco, even dating and friendships, staying up late. What is the cutoff? And you can't wait to get into that situation before you establish the cutoff because then the pressure is too high. If you wait until you're with that really pretty girl, you know, it's going to be tough to say no. It's going to be tough to put your foot down if you didn't establish ahead of time, this is where I draw the line. It's going to be difficult if you're out with your friends, you're having a good time. I know what it's like. And if you don't say, no, no, I get to bed by midnight, it's going to be hard to pull the plug on that good conversation you guys are having at 11.55. It's like, no, 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 I got to get to bed. I got to make sure at 11.30 I'm turning down or, or whatever it is, right? So, our boundaries of behavior is very important. I've seen so many talented wrestlers and so many talented athletes, and we work with the Olympic team. We've worked with you know some of the top individuals and teams in the country. You guys know you're among them, and a lot of people get messed up because of this one, because of this worksheet right here, and not knowing where they draw the line. You know. So I, I get it. Like this, it seems like right now we're doing. We're going to get to the more wrestling specific stuff as as we go on, but. This is, this is life, and this is the one that's gonna, that'll slow us down. And when, you, and when you're eventually fathers and you're, you know, you're raising children and stuff, you're going to want to make sure that they have that one down. So now if you look at the next part of it, the dis- distractions and barriers, what are some distractions and barriers to you living your faith and morals? What are some distractions and barriers to um, you know, dealing with the girl situation, the partying situation, drinking, smoking, tobacco? What are some of the distractions and barriers, and what can you do to improve that? So just take some notes on that. <clears throat> and be honest with yourself. The more honest with yourself you are, the better chance you, the better chance you have of, of you know, making this exercise fruitful. <clears throat> so really, what are, what are your biggest barriers in these situations? If it's wanting to look good in front of friends, that's most of us. Put it down. Write it down. And say, I'm going to work on not caring what my friends think of me. If you have a really good friend that tends to maybe some, some of the people you hang out with do bad things, sometimes it's like getting distancing yourself from that group. You know, certain locations, a lot of times we can't even be in, I can't even be in certain locations because I know I'll get into trouble. You got to know your hot buttons. And that's something, that's something that's a, that's a really important thing. I remember back when I was, back when I was at Rutgers, so I was at Rutgers for three years before I transferred to the University of Pennsylvania. And it was very different then. Rutgers wasn't as good as they were now. Um, and Penn was ranked 15th in the country. 
Um, not that we care about rankings, just letting you know we were very good. We had an NCAA, a two-time NCAA champ, an All-American, you know, an All-American, and just about everyone was ranked in the country. So it was a very good team. And also, obviously, an Ivy League school. And if you ask me what was the difference at that time between Rutgers and Penn, it was that the Penn guys did a better job of being honest with themselves with the areas that they needed to work on. Like they would know that it wasn't a talent thing. It's not like the Penn guys were smarter than the Rutgers guys. They weren't. It's not that they were much better athletes. I don't think that's true either. I really don't. Even though, you know, like if you looked at just the rankings, it's like we were far higher in wrestling in school. I think they were just as talented. They were just better at being honest with themselves. That's the key. Be honest with yourself and know what you got to work on there. All right, so let's flip that page. And then this is kind of, I would say, mental toughness week three is the culmination of the of these whole of of this right now and that's having an accountability buddy so it's on the top of the page but who's our biggest opponent you know that already your biggest opponent is yourself right anyone probably no one would disagree with that we've helped ourselves a lot we've also hurt ourselves a lot also we know that are we doing anything that's holding us back and the answer to that is yes even if you're even if you're Kyle Snyder or Sajaliyev we all do things that hold us back sometimes we're sometimes our best friend. We're also our worst enemy sometimes. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to pick an accountability buddy on your team. We're most likely to lie to ourselves, right? But if we have to check in with someone on a regular basis, we're more inclined to, we're more inclined to um, follow through, right? Because someone else is holding us accountable. That's why people have personal trainers. That's why people have nutritionists. That's why, that's why the top students, they have tutors. That's why I'm the best business people. I'm constantly on, on, on Instagram following you know, some of the richest people, most successful business owners in the world. They all have mentors. They all have accountability buddies. So you got to pick someone on the team that's going to be your accountability buddy. So that's, that's the key. Start off with that. Do you guys have an accountability buddy on the team? Is there someone next to you or a friend that you could, that you could partner up with? So who, who would that be? Take a... Take a minute or so. Go ahead. Who's your, who's your accountability, buddy? Let's decide that now. Let's finalize it. We'll give it, we'll give it about a minute. And then what I want you to do is pick a regular time. You're going to check in with each other. So maybe you say Mondays at 3 o'clock. From 3 o'clock to 3.05, you're going to check in with your accountability, buddy. You put it on your – or whatever. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe practice time. But like, you know – 12, 12 noon, I'm going to check in with my accountability buddy and then plug it into your, and then plug it into your phone now. Not later, now. Well, it actually doesn't have to be right now because we're going through the lesson. But <laughs> let's make sure we get that down on this paper. And then as soon as we finish this workshop, let's put down the time we're going to be working with our accountability buddy. A big part of mental toughness here. I promise you, if you actually follow through on this worksheet, you know, by the end of the season, you are going to be much improved in a lot of different areas. So you need an accountability buddy and you need a regular time to meet with them. Now let's get our, let's get our pens ready because I'm going to want you to circle some of these areas. So now we're going to do it. Now we're going to do an examination of ourselves, kind of a conscience examination for wrestling, for school and for life. And what I want you to do is as I go through these different areas, I want you to circle the areas you're having trouble with or areas that you got to improve on. And um, so, yeah, examine. That's the, um, the examine for sports, school, and life, the Spanish word for examination. So 
Be honest with yourself and circle it. And then what I want you to do is from each area, sports, school, and life, I want you to um, pick the three that are most important that you need to work on the most. And then we're going to set and then we're going to set a plan and a resolution on the next page. So for wrestling, how is my effort, attitude, and aggressiveness? Can we improve in any of those areas? Do I have great body language when I compete? Great body language. Remember, even and this is even the best in the world. The reason why Jordan Burroughs lost in the semis, the reason why Jordan Burroughs lost in the world championships in the semis, if you set the clock back, to, you look at eight minutes, his stance was very high. And he said this after the match. That's why he's successful because he honestly evaluated himself after and so he messed up. Eight and a half seconds left. He was standing almost straight up. So that's, 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 an, that's an effort, an attitude thing. No problem. Write it down. And, and body language. Do I like my sport? Do you even like wrestling? Do I practice the way I want to compete? Am I working on techniques and areas I struggle with? Am I coachable and open to criticism and critique? How can I eat healthier? How can I get eight hours of sleep? How can I be more consistent with my practicing, lifting, and cardio? Do I complete my mindset workshops? Are you doing the mindset right now as we go through? Are we just doodling on our page? Do I take time to improve my flexibility and stretching? A lot of wrestlers don't. A lot of wrestlers don't. Do I work on my plyometrics and explosive power training? You know, you look at Jordan Burroughs. Everyone says he's like just an athletic freak. He spends a lot of time doing plyometrics. So now you have the genetics and he's doing plyometrics. And a lot of us, we're not even working on plyometrics. So how do you plan on beating someone who's naturally very gifted and also they're doing plyometrics? Okay. Do I take enough chances? Do I ask my coaches technique questions? And is there anything else? So right now, circle those areas. You might be, I would have been if sitting in your shoes. I'd be circling an awful lot of these. And then you, you, know, you circle them and then you know, kind of maybe double circle the biggest ones that we're going to work on. And then we'll add that to the end of this. Okay, so for the examination for school, how is my effort, attitude, and aggressiveness? Are there any subjects that I struggle with? I could use extra help, a tutor, or go to the writing center. Locate your writing center. Go there. Can I study longer or better quality? Can I spend more time on homework? Do I attend all my classes? Do you sit up front in the classes? What are some concrete steps you could take towards grad school in your career? Do you need to get an internship? Do I understand the importance of learning? Am I a class clown or can I take more class more serious or talk with my friends less? Do I ask questions in class? Do I go in for extra help or my teacher's office hours? Do I know how to study the best? Am I taking good notes during class? Do I go out of my way to show the teacher that I care? You have to show the teacher that you care. I remember at Rutgers, the head coach, Coach Goodale, he tells the wrestlers, you ask a question even if you know the answer to it, just so the teacher knows who you are. Um, do I use my phone during class, going on social media, and is there anything else? So circle those areas because the more you have school under control, again, it's going to set you up for a nice career in life, and also it's going to take weight off your plate to wrestle. Right? If you're constantly focusing on you know, academic probation or failing out of a class, it's going to put stress on your wrestling. I've seen a lot of really good wrestlers mess up because their school wasn't under control. So make sure you have that down. And then finally, our examination for life. And again, and some might seem a little bit funny, but it's important. If, if The more you're controlling these factors within your control, you're going to be a better, well-rounded person. You're going to be happy and you're going to be more successful. How is my effort, attitude, and aggressiveness in life? Are there any habits you want to break? Smoking, drinking, dipping, tobacco, partying in a negative way. Are you in a bad relationship? Do you need to pull the trigger and break up with your girlfriend? Um, 
Do you waste too much time with video games, social media, or TV? And again, it's not saying you can never go on it, but we know there's a line where now we're wasting time. Are you living your faith and morals? In what areas are you selfish, lazy, jealous, lustful, prideful, or judgmental? Do you use bad language or tell dirty jokes all the time? How do I treat other people? Am I reckless? Am I disorganized? Do I take stock in my appearance but not go overboard? Do I feed my mind with negative and immoral music, movies, pornography, images, websites, or social media? And it seems like, you know, a lot of times people don't talk about this, but it's very important. Things that are wasting our time and things that are killing your soul. You don't need that stuff, right? Is this the way you'd want your kid to be living? Think about it like that. And we've all done things we're not proud of. Of course, me too. I'd be circling almost everything on this list. So just take that serious. And remember, like a lot of times in our, our day and age, people are like, well, do whatever makes you feel good, right? That's, that's not what, separate, what separates us from animals is that we can override our feelings and we could let our rational brain, that prefrontal cortex that's responsible for rational decisions, we can override the system. So don't, don't hide behind, I could do whatever I want because that's not the mindset of a free person. That's the, that's the life of an addict. If we can't control our emotions or our, or our decisions, all right? Do I surround myself with a bad crowd? Do I always need to be right? Do I frequently go to negative or immoral environments? Am I wasteful? Am I consumed with myself? Do I procrastinate? Do I take myself too seriously or do I not take myself seriously enough? Am I perfectionistic? Do I complain? Do I hold grudges? Do I take care of the environment? Do I cheat or steal? Do I lie frequently to make myself look good? Do I gossip? Do I manipulate others to get what I want? Do I get too defensive? Do I pray? Do I attend my house of worship? Do I forgive others? Am I addicted to anything? Is there anything I should see a therapist for? Take that serious. If you're really struggling, get help. That's a sign of great courage. You add that to your courage of the day and you get help. You know, in what ways do I waste money? And is there anything else? So the more balanced you are, the more you have all these things in control, you're going to be a better wrestler. You're going to be a better student, right? And remember, don't get caught up in society where it's like, again, do whatever you want. Some things are right and some things are wrong. Not unacceptable, not inappropriate. Some things are wrong, and you know it. So don't get sucked into this relativistic society that we have. Um, if, we can, if we're the team that controls this, we're the team that wins a national championship. I don't like to focus on the winning and losing, but we're the team that's going to win if we're controlling these different areas. Teams like Penn State, teams like Ohio State, they're very, very strong on these kind of areas. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they put themselves in a position to be successful. So now when you flip the page, this is your accountability buddy sheet. You're going to keep a copy of this and then snap a picture and put this on your phone for, your accountability, for um, the accountability buddy to look at. So in sports, school, and life, what are the three areas in sport, three areas in school, three areas in life, and then what are some good resolutions that you could come up with? And be honest with yourselves, you know? So again, the more honest we are, the more fruitful this is going to be. And it's, it's a really an unbelievably solid opportunity to take control of some bad habits and things that we've been struggling with, things we've been battling. <clears throat> so after you finish writing down the improvements and the good resolutions that you have, snap a picture and give it to your accountability buddy. Now here's the thing, is the accountability buddy... Your, your friend is giving you a lot, of, a lot of power here. He's opening himself up. He's being honest with himself. Like, you don't betray that trust. That's serious business, 
right? When your accountability buddy is revealing something to you, you hold, you hold that sacred. That's, that's an important thing. They're trusting you. So that means you also got to be sensitive. Be sensitive to your, to your accountability buddy. Even when you're checking in, recognizing that there's some areas we're going to drop the ball. And in fact, if you're not dropping the ball on your resolutions on a weekly basis, I'd say you're, you're probably not setting the right resolutions. I would honestly say that if our resolutions aren't getting, if we're not missing the mark sometimes, we're probably not being honest with ourselves. So take this serious. And I'm telling you, you guys will be, you will be the team that's going to get a lot more out of yourselves. All right. So those are, those are the ones that are a little bit more like all life encompassing, which is much more important than the wrestling specific. But now we're going to dive more into the wrestling specific as we go on to week four. So one of the top things we hear from college, from college wrestlers, we've heard, this, we've heard this even from the University of Michigan, where they said their biggest, and this was several years ago, every, they were, I think they had all got, everyone on their team, or half their team was all Americans. Five of the guys on their team were all Americans. And they said the biggest problem with the team was that they were afraid of, of getting tired in matches. And it's not just them. Right, I'm just making a point that a really high-level team was thinking about it. This is this is true with the Olympians we work with. This is true with some of the UFC fighters we work with. I spoke to my brothers about this topic. We were all ranked top 20 in the country, Division One wrestlers. They were, you know, they struggled with it too, thinking about before matches. What if I get tired out there? So we need to address that directly. So the step one is getting extra workouts in. The team gives you a workout plan. You need to be able to get an extra workout in. And now the key here is not just doing the extra workout, but doing it with the intention to overcome this exact struggle. So before your matches, when it starts to creep into your mind, uh, what if I get tired out there? You're going to remember this, that you did these extra workouts. Maybe it's just run, maybe it's something so simple as running five, push, five um, sprints after practice. Maybe it's... Whatever it is, just just have something that you're doing. Pull-ups. You're going to do 20 pull-ups before and after every practice. Um, you're going to wrestle. You're going to wrestle another live go. You're going to do another two minutes live on top of what everyone else is doing. So it's got to be something that you're doing that's giving you that mental edge. So of course it's going to get you in better shape, but it's also going to give you that mental edge. Um, in fact, one of the things that I remember for this that I would do for myself, my coach always encouraged me after my match. After your match, first of all, get some sprints in, right? You're, you're dead tired. Get a couple sprints in. That's great for an extra workout. And then for the next three matches, get the jump rope. Clack, 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 clack. And what that does is, number one, it gives you the mental edge. You like that, right? I always laugh and the coach was saying, clack, clack, clack. But yeah, it's, it's going to get you a good workout. And it's also good. And also psychological warfare, your opponent, whether you won or lost the match, they see you jumping rope. That's an intimidating thing. I don't want you to think about your opponent, but it's true. It's going to be very much in their mind. They're seeing you hitting the rope after practice, after the match. It's important because remember this, in practice, you normally go for an hour and a half, two hours. Match day, if it's a dual meet, you're only wrestling seven or eight minutes, right? So you got to get another workout. And so get those sprints in, get a couple sprints in. That's your conditioning. That's your cardio. And then put your sweats on. And then hit the next three matches, you're hitting the jump rope. Very important. That's a good example of an extra workout. What John Smith used to do, you don't have to do this, but you know, he used to set the alarm clock for 2 a.m. some days because he knew that's the time that the Russians were practicing. So in his mind, it gave him the mental edge. When the Ru- and then he would go over to, um, what is it, Stabler? Whatever, Oklahoma, no, Gallagher. Gallagher, where Oklahoma State wrestles. 
He would go, he would go over there. He'd run bleachers at 2 a.m. So he knew when the Russians are, are sleeping, he's training. When the Russians are training, he's training. So little things you do like that to give yourself a mental edge, right? Um, I, heard about, I heard about the Brands Brothers. They would sometimes run on a... Um, they, they would run on, on, the, on the curb when they're running on the sidewalk. They'd run on the curb like for five miles just because to prove to themselves there's never a perfect situation. So we play these mind games with ourselves. So what are the extra workouts you could put in? Next, you need to have a focal point in the moments of fatigue. So we know Nick Suriano and how harsh he is. We worked with Bergen Catholic for several years. They've been the number two team, high school team in the country for a while now. That I guess behind Blair. They beat Blair last year even. And... Um, with them, that's something, one of the things we, we talked about with Suriano, and he, we did an interview with him last week that's going to be up on our Wrestling Mindset podcast soon, but he talked about what, what do you think about in those moments where you're real tired? Because Suriano is known for having a great gas tank and being a workhorse, right? What do you tell yourself in those moments of fatigue? You have to know. So like for me, one of the things I used to think about, if you guys saw Rocky Four, where his, his manager was saying to him, no pain. No pain. And I realized that was kind of my focal point. In those moments of fatigue, I would tell myself no pain. And I would have the image in my head of, of Rocky Four, him training in Russia. So that works for me. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You got to do what works for you. So what's your focal point in the moment of fatigue? You got to know it. And then when you're in practice, when you're dead tired, you think about that focal point. Like when, when, when a woman gives birth, they tell her to, you know, Focus in on an object and then taking deep breaths, right? That's their focal point. Well, that's an extreme situation, right? Thankfully, none of us are going to give birth. So you need to know what you're going to tell yourself in those other moments of fatigue. So put that down. And then start doing it in practice. Remember, like practice makes perfect. We all know that. If, you don't, if, you're, not doing, if you're not thinking of your focal point in practice, there's almost no way you're going to remember to do it in a match which is very important. If you guys saw um, Ohio State's coach Tom Ryan's Mental Monday, he saw him with the Wrestling Mindset shirt on yesterday, and he said, you know, you don't treat matches and practices different. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. That's more of a relaxing under pressure lesson, but you want to treat matches and practice the same. So there's no big or small matches. There's no big or small tournaments. Everything is the same. The surgeon who operated on President Clinton years ago they asked him, how, did you, how were you able to focus knowing you were going to operate on the president? And he said, I just treated him like any other patient. He didn't make 